So here's the question. When the rules we've been operating by have burnt us out and the hamster wheel is keeping us awake at night and stuck, how do we, as expert entrepreneurs who want to make significant impact but just can't take on one more thing, grow our businesses and teams, double our revenue while working less? That's the question. This is The Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Well, hello, everybody. Good morning, good evening, or wherever you are listening to this today. I am super, super excited to have Hilary Deceaser. Okay. I am. <laughs> and that's a good that's a good blooper right there. <laughs> the problem is so it's Deceaser. Think of think of Caesar salad, Deceaser. Deceaser. Um and it's so interesting because you know, being Australian, I they always no one can should no one should really be asked my name Dean, but you'd be interested to know they can. Anyhow. The real one is good morning everyone. I'm super excited to have Hillary Deceaser here today. Hillary is I think best known for her up and coming book because that's where I've met her in relaunch spark your heart to ignite your life and I was particularly interested to get in she has an amazing background in business stuff as well which she would tell you about in a minute but what I want to think about you know in our expert businesses and when you're you know when you're talking to Hillary is a couple of things first of all that as individuals we are the most important asset so you know really listen to what she has to say on igniting your spark but also this is what we've got to do in our our businesses going forward in the expert fields is that we need to relaunch them. We need to change the model. We need to become agile. So we as experts are here, you know, into the future. So we are the ones giving expert advice, um, but we need to change our businesses as well. So welcome, Hilary. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I'm sitting on the Gold Coast in Australia. I'm having an absolute beautiful spring day. And where are you right now? Obviously enjoying a what you guys call fall day or autumn day. Well, Sam, I am in Boulder, Colorado, and yes, it is sunny here. It's about 93 degrees, and so we're not quite into fall yet. We're still like, you know, holding on fiercely to our last summer days. (laughs) Fantastic. So can you give everyone a bit of background because you have such an interesting story and, you know, your journey up, up to today? Well, we're not going to talk about the fact that I'm now called the relaunch lady and that I have had 36 (laughs) relaunches. Everyone, don't worry. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go back to when I was two and I had a near-death experience and then continue forward. I'm going to zip ahead to what is really relevant of what Sam wants me to be talking about, which is... Once I got through a lot of the trials and tribulations of when I was young, I ended up, I've always been an entrepreneur. I literally, when I was young, was selling things out of my bedroom, putting price tags on things that my mom had you know, bought around the world, a great pair of Holland type of clogs that meant something so special to her. I, I was selling off for 25 cents, but it was this entrepreneurial spirit that really got me through. It actually paid for a lot of college. It, it really brought me to where I am today. And there is always this adventure in business. And when you talk to people about their own journeys, it's it's quite often very circuitous. Things kind of come around and it's like, wow, if I hadn't have done that, I never would have gotten here. 
And the premise of what I call a relaunch and the reason I am referred to as the relaunch lady is that I have been in corporate for almost 10 years. I've gone out, I've raised millions and millions of dollars for companies that I founded. I've been in high tech. I was a Silicon Valley babe growing up with, you know, what we call the, you know, the men of Silicon Valley. And there, there I was, you know, at that point, I remember um, they had just allowed women to stop wearing skirts and we could start wearing pants <laughs> to the office. Yes. So hopefully I'm not dating myself too much here, but I would like to say yeah. that through that and through a whole bunch of my own personal relaunches that were then mixed in with professional relaunches, I ended up crafting this concept that really was designed for women in their midlife that wanted to not accept where they were and understand that there was so much more potential of where they were going. And I do have to say, I love Brene Brown made a great comment on what is, what is midlife? And she said, midlife is 35 years until you're dead. So that's the way we are going to, on this episode, Sam, talk about midlife. Yes. There's a lot more people that are like, oh no, I fall into midlife right now. And so what am I going to do to hear this conversation and to take away that most important element, as you said, that an individual truly is any business's greatest asset. And I, I strongly believe that, especially as you mentioned the concepts that I put forth in Relaunch the Book. And so you and I are on the same page with People need to understand that an asset is something that can be burned out or allowed to flourish. Oh my God, that is so true. Because I think too, the way and what I want to, you know, explore later in another story that you had, but just, you know, because we're talking about assets now, is that, you know, we don't understand the assets and everything that run our businesses and that we're the best. And it's true. You have got to treat yourself and your team and everything as an asset and not as an expense or something that you just burn. And I think we sometimes, if you're really good, you do that with your team and you make sure that you're investing a lot of money in them and you're not treating them as an expense and all that sort of stuff. But we have to do it with ourselves because if we burn out, everything else goes. Even if you've got a scale business, even if all of that sort of stuff, it's that's that aspect of it. And I think that when we look at business and, and you know, both of us have a fairly hard, what I would call hardcore business backgrounds, is that we're not taught that. And without that piece Anything we do is always a little, it's not going to end us up where we want to end up as opposed to where we feel that we should. And we need to spend the time and energy on that. And that was a hard learning for me, particularly, you know, obviously coming from an hour for dollar mindset industries and experts is where, you know, where we still, still set. And we actually have to re, re, kind of relaunch our mindset on that because it's thing, but then using the learnings that we've had, like you, you talk about, you know, finding that asset within, not necessarily from, from without. I think it's such an important aspect of it. And um, let's, let's slip into that now, actually, is that, you know, obviously one of the things that we love to talk about is 
and the relaunch aspect for me from a business point of view is that we're relaunching and we're helping people relaunch expert businesses, particularly around the models, because they're not working, because everybody is burning out and that we kind of make them unsafe for the leaders and the businesses. There's a whole lot of work on safety around teams and stuff. And at the moment, we've got the great resignation and people are going out and all of those aspects. And it's so interesting that your work kind of does that. And one of the things that I loved about, you know, what we work on too, is taking your actual experience outside your expertise, bringing it in to your business, using your expertise as well. Because what's happening in the expert worlds, finance, accounting, lawyer, lawyer, anything that requires your revenue, requires your, your you to sit on that, your ass basically, is that people are leaving that because they're burnt out and we're losing this beautiful knowledge that computers can't replace because they they can do some of the work, but they can't do the connection piece. How, how do we get them in and bring that? And I think one of the stories that I've heard that you've talked about, which is kind of interesting, which in itself doesn't relate, is your mother's story about painting her house. And so she was an expert painter, but she really wanted something. And why I link this to the guys that I am doing is because we're in these businesses and we're taught to do one thing, but we don't then go and do other things in the business because we think we can't. And then I think the the Bel Air painting, can you just give us a quick background on that and then link it back to some of the some of the, the learnings that you came from that? Well, and you've said so much richness in this conversation so far. And especially when you start to talk about burnout and I, I want to I want to describe this story, but I want everyone out there to be thinking, at what point are you past your comfort zone that you're pushing yes. up against that wall? And are you on the position in the side of going from the comfort zone to the burnout zone, or are you pushing through on the opposite side to what I call the G zone, which is your growth zone, your great zone, your gratitude zone. And that's where this all falls. It really is when you start to think about you are a direct reflection of your business. Well, what does that really mean when you start to talk about being an asset? I don't care if you're a solopreneur, a purposepreneur, you're one of 10, you've got 20, 50, 100, you've got a billion dollar, you know, business that you're that you're running. It's one and the same when you talk about how you are actually treating yourself as one of the greatest assets in the business. This is where it all starts. And so if you are pushing yourself to such a degree that you're falling into the burnout zone, then you're never going to be able to get to the other side of the comfort zone, which is that G zone. So here's the story that you're referring to. When I was a teenager, and it's important that you all realize, think back when you were a teenager, think back of, you know, how you operated, what you did, your thoughts. I overheard my mom talking to my stepdad. And yes, we lived in Bel Air, California. So you think about, you know, 
the fancy pants of Bel Air. And we had this yeah. house that was a kind of like a cocoa brown color. And I heard my mom saying to my stepdad, you know, we really need to paint the house. And my mom was saying, I would really like to paint it a light color. I think, you know, it'd be really something that would brighten up, you know, our everything. And he said, Judy, you know, I just lost my job. I don't have, you know, we don't have any extra money for that. We can't paint the house. So as a teenager, I literally hadn't gone into the room yet. I overheard this. I knew it was a conversation I wasn't supposed to hear. So I kind of slithered the other way. And in my mind, I'm like, we can't even paint the house. We don't have enough money. And I'm like, what is going on? What's going to happen? Well, my parents were divorced and I was leaving in a short while to go visit my dad. And I was with my dad for about six weeks. I come back and we pull into our driveway. My mom was driving and I see a ladder I see a ladder and a paint can and a paintbrush. And I mean, in my head, I scream, hallelujah. Somehow they found some money and we're painting the house. So I said that exact comment, mom, we're painting the house. And she said, um, no, I'm painting the house. And it was one of those moments of like, I was again, my chin hit the floor and I thought, you cannot paint the house. You don't know how to paint the house. Also, what are my friends going to think when they come to the house and they see you painting the house? What are the neighbors going to think? What are, and I went through all these scenarios. My mom didn't say a word. She merely got in the, you know, got in the garage, shut the garage. I went up to my room and I was just, you know, like, I can't even believe this. Well, my mom, every single day while I was at school, she would paint a little bit more of the house. And we're talking inches, inches every day. And every day I'd come home and I would just see her little uh, ladder moving a little bit further to the left. And I said to her about six months into it, I said, um, she was only about a quarter of the way through. And I said, mom, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Why don't you just hire someone to finish this? And I said, you know, is there anything that, you know, you, you can do to make this happen? Not, can I help? Not Hillary's going <laughs> to well, Of course not. You're a teenage girl. <laughs> I'm a teenager. I'm like, uh, no, can't you find someone to help you out? And she said, Hillary, you know what? I'm going to paint this house one stroke at a time, and I'm going to finish doing it. And at that point, I thought, you know what? I think she really is. Well, two years later, she finished painting the house. Two years and one day later, the house was put on the market and we sold it. And so when you think about when you when you think about the comfort zone, when you think about how easily it would have been for my mom to fall into the burnout zone that this was, I never heard her say one bad thing about painting the house. I never heard her complain. I never heard her do anything about it except for saying, you know what? I'm going to finish this house. I'm going to do this. And I think it goes to that point where I was talking about the G zone, talking about her comfort zone. Sure. She had friends. She had people that were driving by. She had people questioning, like, did I see you out there painting that house? I mean, she took in all of that, but what she wasn't willing to do was she wasn't willing to give up. She wasn't willing to allow a p other people's opinion 
other people's, um, you know, limiting beliefs on the stories they were telling around what she was doing to detract her from her own Mount Everest. She had a goal and my God, I have never seen a woman or a man more focused on accomplishing that goal. And I asked her the day the house sold, I said, this must be so sad for you. This must be, you know, so crushing because you finally finished it. It looks amazing. And she said, Hillary, this was my goal all along. It wasn't to live in the house. Oh, man. So for those, yeah, mic drop, right? So for those that are thinking about what their goals are for this next year, and if they seem insurmountable, if they seem larger than life, think back on my 100-pound mom out there painting. And it goes to an article that I just read about the Navy SEALs. And there was an experiment that was done where you had to give five minutes of exertion on a treadmill and just go run like heck. And then you were allowed to stop. And then they said, okay, good job, rest, recover. Now we're going to get you on there and run indefinitely until you can't run any longer. And majority of the people ran for about 12 minutes. Well, what was interesting is they gave you time to recoup again, and then they got you back onto the treadmill and said, five minutes, run as fast as you possibly can. And what was interesting is the exertion rate output was 60% more than what that had actually been done in the first five minutes. So if you think about that, even though they were tired, even though they had done that, the fact that they had said at 12 minute mark, I'm exhausted. I don't have a minute, you know, I don't have any more time. They were able to actually do another five minutes because they had a certain amount of time. And my mom said this, she said, I don't paint all day. I have certain hours and I only do it that amount of time. And then I'm done and I move on. I go do something else. And that's so important for all of us because we have a tendency to, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. And one hour turns into two hours, turns into five hours, turns into 10 o'clock at night. And you're like, I'm still not done, but I'm going to finish this before I go to bed because there's a do, there's something. When in fact, had you given yourself less amount of time, you probably would have A, done a better job and B, finished it in half the amount of time. Okay. Can everyone just stop, pause, go back? Do that again <laughs> because that is the key, isn't it? It's we are in this intensity over consistency piece and the rabbit in the hair is a fable for a really good reason and that's a really good example of that. And it's also what your mother wanted. So she, she kind of set her line in the sand where she was, Coco Brown House, Lighthouse, I'm just going to do these steps every day and my goal is actually to get it ready for sale, not necessarily live in it. So she had very clear what she wanted. And I love that. And I love that when, you know, you say something that affects more and more people today, I think, than it did back then, but it still was effect. You know, her friends driving by and everything going, you know, what what would they think? And I hear that so much when we're working with clients about, you know, expert clients to say, hey, if a client comes to you and says that they're not going to pay their bill or whatever, or you want to put this new program in, or you think they won't pay it, Remember back to that. It doesn't matter. You've just got to do and continue what you're thinking and let the external voices drop off because you haven't actually asked them. Some of her friends are probably thinking, that's amazing. 
Some of them probably not, but they're the ones that get pushed aside, frankly. You're right. And we don't know what other people are thinking. And some of those other people who might have thought about it, even your, you know, the effect it had on you long term, even though you were quite judgmental as a teenager, that it stayed with you. You've written a part, you know, this story in your book about it. I know you've been interviewed in many podcasts about it. And that it stays with you. And we've got to stop this judgment. But for me, too, it's the internal opponents that I find that I'm thinking people are saying that whether they are or not is, you know, not really none of my business, but you know that, and it's so interesting. And I hear that a lot in business. What will my clients think? What will my staff think? It actually doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And most of the time, you know what, they're too busy doing their own shit to do what you want to think about you anyhow. That is so true. And here's the thing we get, we waste so much of, I, I call it an energy leak. You got yes. an energy leak when you give away your personal power to what people are going to think. You are not a mind reader. You are not a psychic. You are not. And, and if you are, and if you have some of that, more power to you, then I'm not talking to you. But for those of us who are not mind readers, we do not know, nor can we assume anything about somebody else. The facade is not what is behind the walls. It's not. It's a facade, which is just that. Think of the movie studios in Hollywood. I grew up in yeah. LA. You know, good grief. You you see this beautiful, beautiful outer wall, and then you you walk in the door and it's like, what? There's nothing there. That's what <laughs> that's what we have to be thinking these days. And so when we beat ourselves up, when we have this self-sabotage, when we have the feeling of imposter syndrome, when we feel like <gasps> My customer's not, you know, I'm never going to get the money back. I'm never going to be able to pay, you know, they're never going to be able to pay for it. Do you have control over their finances? No. But you do have control over the situation and being level-headed enough that you can go and talk to them and say, let's put a plan in place to get this paid. You have that. And you have this, I call it the, the wise woman within you. This wise woman that is so tapped into your greatest self, the best version of you. And when we stop, when we stop bad-mouthing ourselves, when we stop the sabotage, I don't say go directly to loving yourself, go directly to loving your job, loving your, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. I say move from that self-sabotage, move up like my mom painted one stroke at a time, move from self-sabotage to like. Once you get to like, liking yourself, then you can start thinking about loving yourself. This episode is brought to you by The Aligned Leader, a six-week program built to combat the leadership fatigue syndrome so you can grow your business without the overwhelm. Yeah, I, I so agree with that. And anything, any kind of change, whether it be a house or your internal mechanics or your business mechanics or anything takes steps and consistent steps, daily steps and one step at a time, not seven, and priority. Like your mum's priority was pain in the house. That's it. You know, she and then she just let, you know, she did all her other stuff around that. The learnings from that, I think, is intense. And I think the, the reason why it doesn't, I've learned that and, you know, I'm in my 50s, I think you are as well by the sounds of it, that, you know, as we get older and, you know, Brene Brown is, this is, you know, as everybody knows, you know, obviously Hillary and I are best friends now because, you know, 
Brene Brown is, you, you know, you've actually got to know who Brene Brown is to be my friend. Um, <laughs> and I'll give you a moment. I like agree. you can go and look it up and then you can say, okay, I get that. But, but um, is that she says too, you know, that midlife thing is we have, we've got to sit here and, and look back at it. And as we get older, I would like to see, you know, these kind of learnings a little earlier, but I think you've got to actually go through the struggle. And you've got to actually have that breakdown as she can, spiritual waking in inverted commas, you know, breakdown moments in your life to relaunch because it's actually in the struggle and, you know, with your mum, with the, the finances that you, you, fight, you find that power and you do lead to success from that. But I don't think you learn, I there's somebody who says it and, and I hate to quote people, but you actually don't learn anything from success. It's the failures that got you there that you got to learning. And that's so important. I think your mum was a really good example of that. But it's also the struggles. Okay, I'm here now. I don't want to do this anymore exactly the same principle. What are the steps that I take every day? How do I shift from this rhetoric that goes in my head on you're not good enough, you're not there, you're full of shit, whatever it is, to really liking and loving yourself? And I had that experience yesterday. I, I was in a in a situation and someone said, you know, do you know anyone who does this? And I said, yes, well, we're the best at that. Now, two or three years ago, I would never have said that. And I woke up and said, how did I get here? I went, wow. Like I, you know, I, I reflected on that backwards and didn't even think about it. It just came out. There was no, I didn't have to go through my system. I didn't have to go through my structure. It was a, a build over many, many years. People say, oh, it's all right for you. You're so confident. 10 years ago, like I do this podcast. I speak to amazing people like you. I didn't even know podcasts existed five years ago. Small steps every day, consistently concentrating on one at a time and then you wake up one day and you go shit I got here what's next (laughs) you know it's so I love the way you just said that because um the book as we talked about relaunch spark your heart ignite your life there's a concept in there that is so unbelievably powerful in today's world of not a new normal, but a new different. Oh, wow. And okay. it's a three-step, it's a three-step process. And it's the three HQ. And when you think about IQ of the 60s, 70s, 80s, then you think of EQ, emotional quotient of the 90s. And in today's world, it's about the three HQ, which is the three steps. Head, heart, higher self. Get out of your head. Get into your heart so you can tap into your higher self, your best version of you. And we don't have time, unfortunately, to go into the details, but in the head section, when you're trying to get out of your head, the three main areas that we cover in there are your thoughts, these thoughts that are created. I call these limiting beliefs that we all have from stories we've created from other people that have created them for us from circumstances, bugs, beliefs, underground surfacing, beliefs, underground surfacing. And these limiting beliefs come up at the most inopportune time. And it forces us to not be able to get to the third one that we talk about in the head, which is identity, the identity of who you really want to be. And so when you start to really put this together in your work life, 3HQ is as relevant in business as it is in your personal life. And when you can start to see that your business has an identity, 
that your business has thought processes, that your business has limiting beliefs around revenue, around growth, around all of these, then all of a sudden you realize that in order to get to your higher self, you have to get out of the head. You have to be able to manage it. You have to be able to rise above it, like my mom did with painting, rise above the noise, rise above the circumstances, and get into that why are you doing it? How do we move from self-sabotage, from all of these negativities that are going on inside of you, inside of the business, so that it can be a force you had mentioned at the beginning, the great resignation. It's so much more now with people waking up, with people being aware that it really is the great realization yes. of, you know what? I need to be at a place now where I can enjoy what I'm doing, where I can, you know, we've, we've kind of, yes, this whole idea of, you know, waking up, but think about when you wake up in the morning before you really are, are aware consciously that, oh crap, I have a hundred different meetings today and I've got 200 emails already piling up before that, before you get into that conscious and you're kind of floating and you're like, huh, okay, I'm waking up. It's a new day, new possibilities. And then all of a sudden our old bugs, our limiting beliefs, our, oh crap, our thoughts come in and they block you from having that really incredible day. So we need to do a little housekeeping, each and every one of us. And let's get rid of those bugs. Let's get rid of what is sucking our energy out of us, creating these energy leaks. And let's just not cork them where they can pop at any moment. Let's really look at doing the heavy lifting now so that you can truly enjoy your third quarter, your fourth quarter, whatever quarter you're in, your second quarter. Just make sure that there is a point where you realize that it truly is up to you and you have 3HQ within you and it's time to tap it. And boom to that. Because I think one thing, you know, I've learned with all the business leadership work that I've done personally all through, you know, when I was trying to shift from a very compliance-based thing, you know, to really inspire my clients and help them grow as an accountant. And there was just nothing to follow there. You know, people would say, do this, but no one had actually done it. I was being taught how to lead others and I was taught how to inspire and connect with others. Um, and I was teaching myself how to do that. And it wasn't until recently, I'm going to say in the last six to eight years, I realized, oh, I can't teach anyone else how to lead I can't lead anyone else or teach anyone else how to lead anyone else until I can lead myself. And then also then, then you can teach others. And I think too, there's just one, you know, one thing I would like is that is so important. And one of the interesting things, you know, with the paint that the house, and I know that you've worked with the experts in our businesses too, we do actually have to teach ourselves a little bit about every aspect of our business and we have to teach ourselves a little bit aspect. There is no difference between your, your your business and yourself, that these are not disconnected things. You cannot actually disconnect. You can't disconnect your work self if you're in a work, in a job, from your personal self. And, you know, for so many years, it's like leave your shit at home. It follows us around. So deal with it. But it's also the same in the business. If you are not clear on the mechanics of what runs yourself or runs your business, you can't get other people in to help you because you they come in with their 
stuff and they solve their problems, your problems from their perspective. If you don't know what your perspective is, you've got to bring the experts in, but you've got to spend time at the beginning getting to know what you actually need and what these are the problems you solve. And that is getting to know every aspect of your business. And from a personal point of view, it's also getting to know the aspects of yourself as well. And unfortunately, there's very little people apart from, you know, I know that you teach that. If you don't, I know for sure that if you don't clean out your own self and then look at your own business, it will never get you where you want to go. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Sam, you, Sam, you and I are on the top of that Mount Everest, holding hands, raising our arms, saying, <laughs> yes, because here's the thing that people don't realize that, and, and hey, this comes with two decades of not only running businesses during that whole time, but coaching and doing all these great things with a lot of different men and women. And what I have, what I actually know to be true at this point is I don't care if at this point you've had so many successes that you have millions and millions of dollars in the bank and you can spend, you know, an, an, an obscene amount of money on getting your business launched and scaled. Here's the thing. It will be futile. It will be a waste of money. It will be a waste of your capital unless you have so clearly put out there your vision, the vision of where you want to take it. You can't have somebody else do that. It will be about the mission, about what you're daily going to accomplish. I always talk about if you're in point A and you want to get to that North Star, which is the vision of where you want to go, it's that line that's going to take you up that is your mission. It, it will allow you to you know, rise up every single day, have a plan, don't get distracted, all these different things. But the greatest part about it is this, that when you know that you have control over the overall vision, the overall, like how you want to manage it, you understand, I don't need you to have like, you know, 10 feet deep of, you know, finance experience. Heck no. Sam, that's when I call experts like you. This is where I bring in, mm -hmm. I bring in the good people, but I certainly have to have a, I'll call them sexy spreadsheets when I have a program, the fired up entrepreneur. And why do I call them that? Why do I, I am a businesswoman. You said, I, you know, I have, I've so much experience, so much corporate, so much like, you know, very serious business time, right? I've done all that. And then here, this businesswoman is calling them sexy spreadsheets. Why? Because they're intimidating for so many women. Yes. They don't want to get into a relationship with them. They want to avoid it. They want to hire someone to, to look over the numbers because you know what? I'm not good at that. And I say, you know what? Embrace your inner sexiness. Embrace this point where, you know what? It is so freaking sexy when you understand that when you get the lead in and you understand conversion and marketing and sales, and you can have, you know, you have profit margin conversations and you understand what that means. And then guess what that does for you? When you start to focus on it, when you start to lean into the sexy spreadsheets in your company, when you focus on things, they grow. Yes. When you avoid them, they die. They die without growth things perish. We do not want your business to be another statistic. So embrace 
your spreadsheets, embrace your finances, embrace the things that cause you to feel uneasy. And that's where you, again, you don't have to go out there and take, you know, yet another accounting class or you don't have to do that. No, 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 I do not do that. But you do have to understand the overall business principles. And that's where I think it's important to understand foundation and what I call core, which is that consistency. You're looking at your finances once a week. You're really going into them. You're looking how you're strategically thinking about them. And then you're looking at operationally what's going on in the business. You're looking at results, KPIs, results, 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 which equal revenue, which is what we're going for. And then last but not least, that uh, that E in core is your energy. Yeah. The energy yeah. that you're bringing in. Yes. And I think too, the energy issue is, and what I've learned too is, you know, particularly in the businesses we work with, they talk about time. You can't actually stop or control time, but the thing you can do and look after yourself is your energy and you've got to look after it as you would any kind of investment, share a portfolio or anything like that is, is that's, that's where it sits. And I love that we have gone on this. See people, we've gone a little woo woo and we've gone back to hardcore businesses. They all... They all mix in. The feminine the feminine side and the masculine side of business needs to come together and it can't be one or the other. It, it ha- You have to have the transactional. You have to understand that. You have to flip whatever works for you, calling them sexy spreadsheets. Also, find people who can educate you on the way you need to be educated on that stuff. Don't, don't go do a normal accounting course. That might not suit you. Go and I'm sure Hillary has one there or I've got ones that we talk in you know, numbers you love. And we create a way that you can combine your knowledge of your business with your numbers, um, you know, stuff like that. Find the right people to talk to you that way when you're working. You need experts. But you really, you really do because here's the thing. When you realize that now you have a, a basic understanding, then you realize I need an expert in that area right? And that's when you go and you hire the right person. It's like the whole concept around Tony Robbins has DISC, D-I-S-C. And I'm a, you know, high D, high I. Well, when I'm looking for, I just hired an EA, an executive assistant. I'm not looking for a high D, high I. I got that covered. I need an S and a C. I need oh the office. I need to make sure. Another mother. You'd be surprised to know I'm a high <laughs> D. <laughs> and my business partner's SC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because that's what you need. You need, an, and again, you know, there, there's certain roles that you must have in place to be successful. And I always talk about seven different areas that you have to really get a handle on. And that is lead generation, your sales, conversion, conversion, conversion. You have to be able to understand your money, your leadership, your mindset, and organization and how you're going to organize as you get busier and busier. Because when you're doing this, you will get busier and imagine your calendar when you actually are really being pulled in all different directions for your time. Uh, And get that in place early. Um, So, you know, early, 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 because, you know, you've got to, uh, I mean, the, the, I mean, my background is business valuation, M&A state, and the most successful businesses are one you can take any any individual out at any moment, and that includes the owner. Um, so you have to actually be planning to get there. You cannot get there, obviously, in the early days, but you have to be planning to it. Okay, I'm making this decision now. 
I've got to do it because I don't have the resources to get somebody else. But I've got the role now generating so when I'm ready, I can pop somebody in there. And you, you have to spend your whole life getting yourself out of the business. But that doesn't mean that you just go, oh, I need to go out of the business because Sam and Hillary said, bang, you're out. <laughs> that doesn't happen. The whole thing will fall apart. But um, you have to be planning for it. And you wake up one day and it's there if you're intentionally doing it. Otherwise, you wake up one day and go, business sucks. I came in here for, no con- for more control, more money and more freedom and had none of that because you weren't intentional about it. You have to like the house. Hey, I, I love what you're saying. And I do this. I have done it every single year. I put in place something that is super important to me is travel. And I want to be able to travel once a quarter. It fuels me. It ignites me. It sparks my heart. And that is something that I already know I have a team that can handle that. Well, if all of a sudden I needed to go even longer, guess what? I'm already putting in place based on my lifestyle of success that I want. And that ties so nicely what you said, which is, you know, start with the end in mind. Where, where are you? Why are you building this company in the first place? Are you looking to sell it? Is it an M&A? Is it a pass down with, you know, what are you trying to do? And it's so important because when you understand that and when you're so clear on it, you're building for your future. You're building for that North Star. And when you get to the North Star, you realize, oh my God, there's a swimming <laughs> pool and there's all these good, <laughs> wonderful things. It's not just like, all right, I don't want you to get to that North Star and say, well, wait a second, I'm here now. What? I want you to be like, heck yeah, that star is on Fuego. That is so good. I think it's too, it's important. It was really interesting. I, we, we get a, a group of experts, women together every couple of weeks. I'm just randomly, you know, stalking people. And some one of the women in there said something so interesting. You know, you were talking about M&A and, you know, all of that sort of high stuff. And she goes to the big conferences and whatever, and she goes, but I don't want that. And now I feel that there's something wrong with me. No, if you want your one size business, just you, you're making, you need $60,000 a year to clear. Um, you still want to look after your kids and everything. That's your intention. It's your goal. Just build to that. Just use the same things that we've talked about, but build to that. And when you want to close the door and put your hat on that hook and say, bye-bye, I'm done, that's what you're choosing to create, which is great. But know what you're choosing to create. Hey, I want to pass this down as a legacy business. I want to sell it to a big corporation. I want. There's so many great exit strategies, but just understand what yes. yours is. And then stick to that like your mom with the house. Um, you thought her good. Like, or, or, or in your reassessment, right? You reassess every single year. Maybe things have changed. Yeah, and that, that's good too. Maybe, you know, that's good too. But you got to give yourself, I call them a uh, scazy, scazy goals, scary and oh, crazy like goals. And what would, and what would that be for you? And these are scazy goals that you plan once a year and then, you know, I'm the relaunch company. So, right, you're going to have rocket goals too, right? Of course you're going to have, of course you're going to have rocket goals that are going to hit Planet Skazy. But, you know, it was interesting. I was listening to uh, Clubhouse and a gentleman was on saying, I, you know, last year I put out there a hundred goals. I've never done more than about four or five, a hundred. And the gentleman said, well, how many did you hit? And he said, 76. 
And the guy said, oh, what a bummer. And the guy said who had fit, hit 76, are you kidding? I hit 76. I hit 72 more than I hit last year. I'm thrilled. And I think that that's where I'd like to, you know, again, that's like, that's the cherry on top. And I think that, yeah. You know, what are you putting Yeah, after? and I think the scary, crazy goals or the BHAGs or whatever you want to call them, even if you don't get there, you're 76% better than you were. Like that guy is like, no. <laughs> totally. I often say this, you know, when I'm talking about planet Skazy and my poor children up until a year ago thought Skazy was actually a word because I made up so many words when they were growing up. You know, what do you mean, mom? That's There's no such thing as Skazy. Uh, no, no, there's not. But here's the thing. I often say to people, it's a planet. If you land, does it matter if you're in the bullseye or if you're 200 miles to the north, to the south, to the west? It doesn't matter. You're still on planet yep. Skazy. Stop trying to be so precise and look at what it would really feel like, be like. That's what's really going to get you to planet Skazy. Not trying to come up with the exact, you know, measurement of the, you know, hundred different steps. I got to do every single one because you know what? There's always going to be an asteroid. There's always going to be something that's looking to knock you off your course. But as long as you can be able to get back into that mindset of this is where I'm going. This is my direction. This is my one small incremental step to move this thing forward that's how you that's how you hit and you land whatever you're trying to do fantastic and i think on that point let's wrap it up so is there anything you would like to leave just some small tip or you know if, if people are going to start thinking about this i mean obviously the tip people is buy the book it's on amazon's it's one of the best sellers you can go find it it's pretty easy to find but if you had to give, so I always like to look at what's the one thing, the small thing I could do today for the Australians listening who are getting up and listening to that or the next day that you could just start implementing this kind of thing that we've been talking about, you know, very simply and easily. That's one thing they could do. I would say that, yeah, I'd say the smallest thing is embrace 3HQ as a way of life. And the first step is get out of your head. Start noticing, start noticing the thoughts you're having. That's the fir very first step because if your thoughts become your reality tomorrow, will that reality get you to your planet Skazy? Yeah, that is so true. Just start with the thoughts, start questioning them because honestly, they're just running on bad data. <laughs> they're running on old data. They're running on stories that you've told yourself or people have told you or society has told you um, and yeah. society's telling you stories every single moment that we're you know, running around. So start, just start questioning them. Is that that's what you're saying? Yep. No doubt. Sam, this has been so much fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're going to drop all of Hillary's links into the podcast notes. Have a look. Check out her website. I love your website at the moment, actually. So she's asking permission just to have a landing page and saying, you know, we're getting it under control. Check out the book. It's worthwhile. I think I've got a copy coming my way, but I have checked it out digitally. And everybody else out there, as always, stay brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on this podcast and are passionate about helping expert entrepreneurs build businesses without overwhelm. To help us, can you please leave a review if you loved it on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? 